Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. Hey, 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 Miss hey, Tam. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you a little jingle bells right there. I, like I don't it. know. I like the jingle bells. How you doing, Miss Tam? I'm doing great. How are you, Renee? Boy, I'm fantastic, Tam. Fan. Fantastic. I'm going to go right into this real quick, and I just want to point out that my Cowboys are 8-1. and one. That's right. We are 8-1. and one. We went into Steeler House, and we put a whooping on that butt. But I have to admit, what a great game. I really respect the organization of Pittsburgh. I really do. I think that Pittsburgh Steeler organization is run very well by really good owners. And the fact that they have the most Super Bowls than any other team out there is just, hands down, something that you have to respect. But nonetheless... My Dallas Cowboys are the truth, they're real, they're fun to watch, and I'm going to throw it out there, Tam, and I'm going to say America's team is back. That's right. I said it right well, here on All Turns No Break. Renee, not to cut you off, your team is definitely back, but your boy, your team owner, that man, Jerry, is trying to do everything he can to hijack it. What's this talk about Tony Romo? I know. Why is he doing that? Why is he like, doing that? Like, dude, why your, is he your doing quarterback, your current quarterback is a winner. But yet you want to revert and go back to a loser that is Tony Romo. That's right. And it's so hard for you to say. Oh, my God. Why do you have to say it like that, Tim? Ugh. Why do you have? <laughs> you know what? All this time I used to say Jason Garrett was a bum. And you know what? Jason made a liar out of me. It's Tony Romo who's the bum. Yeah, I really, really hate to agree with you on that. And I wouldn't probably so go far as bum, but I will say this. He is not very good when it comes to uh, playoff mentality. Some guys got it. Some guys don't. I've already been a believer that just Tony Romo just doesn't have that next level of fire. Otherwise, we would have seen it a long time ago. And I hate to say it, but you can't try to fix something that's not broke. Dak is the man. I think he's proven that. I thought he proved it when they went into Green Bay and won that game decisively. And this is just another testament of how good this kid is. He's fantastic. And it's good to see that, that these young guys coming up in this game, especially on this team, they're fun to watch. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is just amazing. But like I said, I want to give props to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. I really love that team, and I really respect them very well. But it's just nice to see that my Cowboys are back kind of on top. And then uh, I'm going to let it ride. Speaking of letting it ride, how about that Joy Logano? Well... <laughs> I mean, it was under some controversial situation, but Joey Logano, he let it ride. He sure did, Tim. And I remember as soon as that race was over, and I know you called me a couple of times, but I, I was just unable to answer. But I think I'm still trying to wrap my head around what happened, as well as a lot of you other NASCAR fans that are listening to this podcast or just NASCAR fans in general out there. Tim, let's just throw it on the table real quick. Other than Matt Kenseth fans, who are still probably beside themselves. How do you think Matt Kenseth is still feeling today after that? I can't imagine he's still nothing but just short of disappointed. I mean, I think disappointment is an understatement. As someone who has literally almost every single week picked Matt Kenseth to win a race, 
I was so let down. Let me just back up and explain to you guys. So my Sundays consist of me waking up and preparing to be on Twitter. So I start with the schedule, which is usually, you know, we're on Fox Sports 1. Then from Fox Sports 1, we're on NBC Sports Network. And then after the race is on NBC, we're over there. So I spent my entire Sundays wrapped around NASCAR. Unfortunately, this Sunday, I needed to run to the hair salon, which is crazy. Yes, the hair salon is open on Sunday. But I was able to watch the entire race, jumped in my car, put on my race view, went to the salon. And I think it was probably like 80 laps to go when I got in my car. I got to the salon with maybe 50 laps to go. So as I was watching race view, I was like, you know what? I don't care about these people in this shop. I don't care about the customers. I said, excuse me, anybody watching this TV? And they said, no. I said, well, can we turn the channel for? And I said, before you guys turn, it is a NASCAR race. And I know most of you guys are not going to want to watch it, but you're getting your hair done anyway. I only need to watch it for five minutes. And that's exactly what I said. And, you know, as I always say, turn on the race, you'll pick up a fan because, believe it or not, those women in the salon started asking me questions. Really? They wanted to know, well, what's happening? What's going on? And, well, what just happened? I said, that's how it is. They said, well, I don't understand. How did you become a NASCAR fan? I said, oh, my God, I get this question all the time. But needless to say, so I'm in the beauty salon about to have a heart attack. And this is when it all goes down with the Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth, Alex Bowman situation. I've watched the replays over and over again. I've been on Twitter. I've yet to figure out who's at fault. I honestly don't understand what happened. Renee, maybe your view of the replay can shed some light on things. But I'm just in a state of confusion as to what really happened. Yeah. To not go so far off point and to get back to your statement about how is Matt Kenseth feeling. He feels like S-H-I-T because I feel like S-H-I-T. I I mean, I was in a salon scratching my head. Yes, I was getting my hair done, but I was scratching my head. I just was so in disbelief. I didn't understand. I still don't understand. The fans don't understand. I think I'm trying to figure out, because I did the same thing you did, Tim, and I'm sure a lot of other people probably watched that particular clip over and over and over again. And I think what happened, now, Kyle Busch came out and said that he felt like maybe he might have been the cause of all of this, but he did say something in his, he said something in his post-race interview that made a lot of sense. Now, from the wreck itself, it seemed like when the restart started, the number 88 seemed that he knew Kyle was going to try to come down and try to maybe get him on the lower end and the inside. And maybe he was, and it looked like he was trying to block Kyle Bush. But I think what happened is I think he underestimated on how fast Kyle was coming up behind him. And he, and the 88 wasn't going as fast. So Kyle Bush really kind of got into the end of him. And what ended up happening is that 88 went right into Kenseth as Kenseth was coming down. So I think it was a bad timing of bad, perfect storm for Kenseth. And he got the worst end of it, obviously. But Kyle, in his post-race interview, said, well, listen, he did say that he was devastated at the fact that how that whole thing played out and what ended up happening to Kenseth. But he said, in actuality, what you got to understand, though, is that we're all racing 
to try to get into the next round. So in a split second of selfishness, which I totally get, Kyle was just trying to put himself in a position that he thought that he could pass the number 88. Now, unfortunately, the 88 came down and got in front of him so that he ended up getting in the back of him, which caused this whole chain of events. And it just sucks that Kenseth had to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And fortunately for Joey Logano, he ends up winning this race and getting in. But so does Kyle Busch, which is the crazy yeah. thing about it. Well, at the time of the accident, if I'm not mistaken, it was like five of the six drivers, you know, one through six, five of those were actually chase drivers. Going back really quick, I want to read you guys the top 10 because I think it's important to talk about yeah. where everybody plays. But before we go there, I just wanted to add, we posted a poll on our Twitter account and we simply asked a question, who was at fault for the accident? And believe it or not, 67% said Matt, but 27% said Kyle and 9% said Alex Bowman. I felt bad for Alex. I honestly, he's a rookie and he's a new driver, not a rookie, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's not the veteran driver. So for him right. to be caught up in this, it's easy for that 9% to place blame on him. It's almost like the comment Tony Stewart made a while back about who are these guys? You know, I want to race with people who are familiar. Alex has proved that he is going to be something special, but for him to be a new guy on the block and in, involved in something that had such a big ramification, it was kind of, you know, just not cool. I felt bad for him, but not as bad as I felt for Matt Kenseth. But with that being said, let me give you guys the top 10 at Phoenix. So you had Logano who won and made it to the chase. Kyle won and made it to the chase. Kyle Larson came in third. Kevin Harvick, fourth. Kurt Busch, fifth. And let me just interject before we finish the top 10 that Harvick and that Bush boy they were trying but it was no cigar like yeah they just couldn't get it going they did they gave it a good shot though yeah and then you had Alex Bowman who came in six despite the accident Denny Hamlin came in seventh Ryan this young guy Ryan Blaney he was up there. Top 10 finish. He came in eighth. Chase Elliott, another one of our fantastic four. He came in ninth. So guess who came in 10th, Renee? I'm going to give you a hint. He drives a bright yellow neon car. And we have never talked about him on this podcast in our 28 episodes. At least I don't ever recall saying his name. Wow. Okay. I don't think you're going to get it. Yeah. Paul Menard. Menard. Paul Menard was 10th? Paul Menard was 10th. Can you believe that? <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. That, that is well, really, really fantastic. So to put it in perspective, because I'm sure our listeners have realized there were a couple of Chase Drivers names that we didn't call. I'm going to give you our Chase Drivers standings, and that's our Chase 8. Obviously, Logano came in first, Kyle Busch second, Harvick fourth, Kurt Busch fifth. Denny Hamlin came in seventh, and he didn't secure a spot in the chase. Carl Edwards came in 19th. Luckily for Carl, he already has secured a place in the chase. You know, moving on to the final four. Matt Kenseth, poor Matt Kenseth, he came in 21st after the accident on the restart. And 
Jimmy, old Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Six-Time, who's trying to make it seven times, as in seven championships to tie the King Richard Petty and Dell Sr., the Intimidator, he came in 38th. Yeah, I think he was pulling a Joe Gibbs racing thing. Well, there was no reason for him to pull a Joe Gibbs racing thing because none of his teammates were competing. Yeah, that's true, too. They are already knocked out the chase. He received a penalty, which actually both Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex Jr. both received the penalty after the caution or something about being in front of the pace car, which was controversial and Jimmy had a lot to say afterwards and then something else happened to Jimmy I don't remember because I think I'm still traumatized from the accident on the restart with one lap to go (laughs) hopefully Jimmy will get himself together for Miami for Homestead because if you're gonna win a championship you can't be coming in 38th yeah just to recap who do we have as our championship for we have Logano Kyle Busch, Carl Edwards, and Jimmy Johnson. I don't know. It's going to be a crazy race. But before we even talk about Homestead, I have to ask you, Renee, do you think that Phoenix was a good race? I do think Phoenix was a good race. Oh, you know what? Let me put it this way. It was a good race with a very interesting ending. And I think it was the later part of that race that I thought was the better part of the race. But overall, I thought it was a good race. I mean, I had no problems with it. I mean, I went back and watched it. Of course, I didn't get to watch it as it was playing out, but I had it recorded and I, and I was trying. And this is the bad thing about trying to record it and then going back and looking at it. Because when you're always on Twitter, like I'm trying not to, <laughs> like I'm trying not to look because I want to go home and watch it. And then after I watched everything, I had no problem with that race. I thought it was good. How about yourself? Did you think it was okay? I thought it was great. It gave the fans everything. I mean, what's really great about Phoenix is, you know, it was 312 laps. It's a short track, sort of speak, and the race went by quick. We had, what, five or six cautions? I don't remember there being that many cautions. So don't quote me. I know some of you guys out there that are like, no, you're wrong. We had XXY cautions. I'm not quite sure how many we had. I know we didn't have that many because I think we were only on the fourth or fifth caution when the accident happened. I'm not 100% sure. But aside from that, for it to be a race that didn't have that many cautions, I thought it was great. Some people will still argue that they hate the chase because you have a guy like Brad Keselowski who's won a few races but won't be racing for a championship. But for the most part, it was the fact that it was the chase and we knew that drivers were going to be eliminated. What That's what made this race great. At least I think so. So we mentioned his name a little bit earlier, but I wanted to talk about Alex Bowman There's all this talk about give that guy a car quick. What team is he going to go to? A team should pick him up quick. Everything should happen quick. But the reality is, is that we're quick to say something, but who is going to pick him up and where is he going to go? So my question to you, Renee, is should Mr. Rick Hendrick field a fifth car next year? Wow, that's such a good question too. Of course, Alex Bowman fans and Alex Bowman himself would love to have that done and that decision made. It doesn't seem like a difficult question to answer, but it kind of is. It's one of those things, well, do we pick up another car? Do we not pick up another car? Is it too much? Is it uh, one too many cars? What about a sponsor? There's so many questions that would have to be asked. But me personally, Tim, I love this kid. This kid has shown, especially at this time of the season, this kid can race. 
I think it's pretty obvious that this kid has uh, shown that he can hang. He can hang with the big boys. And it's been highly impressive to watch Alex Bowman driving that number 88 car. And whether or not Dale Jr. comes back or not, I can see this kid in the 88 or in another number and driving on these tracks with some of these guys. He is another reason of why I think we're seeing the changing of the guard. And just like we've talked about many a times on our previous podcast, Tim, you know, a lot of these other drivers, speaking of Jimmy Johnson and all these other guys, they're over 40. So these young guys are, are coming up. And Alex Bowman is another one of those guys that I can totally see. I think I would be more surprised if he didn't get picked up than if he would be picked up. So Renee, you still haven't answered my question. Should Rick Hendrick Hendrick Motorsports, should they field a fifth car? You know what? I'm going to say yes. I think they should pick up a fifth car. Why not? Okay. Dale went through a whole range of emotions watching Alex this weekend, which was crazy, exciting, interesting. You know, those are my emotions that I'm using to describe maybe how he felt. I don't know. But um, it's a catch-22 because I think in an ideal world, if Dale wasn't coming back, it would be perfect because Alex could slip into the 88. Although I'm not quite sure I would want to see him in the 88. Like this conversation has come up a couple of times, whether or not the 88 should be retired. Some people feel that the number three was never retired. You know, the 24 wasn't retired. All these great racers, their cars weren't retired. I don't think that Dale's 88 should be retired. Well, I felt this way about Jeff Gordon, although I love Chase. Chase is such a good kid and he's a great replacement for Jeff Gordon. But I do think that when you have a driver like a Jeff Gordon who is legendary, maybe you should wait a couple of years before you put somebody in the car. I don't know. That's just my thought. But nonetheless, going back to Dale, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out next year and whether or not Alice Bowman will in fact be racing for Hendrick. So I want to move on to my guy, Bubba Wallace. Bubba is a guy who I wished, hoped, and prayed would somehow end up at Hendrick Motorsports, but clearly that's not going to happen, at least not now. But Bubba's grand died, and he was a little bit torn up, but it kind of brought NASCAR Nation together in the sense that this guy, Dale Jr., we talk about him being such a great guy every week. He actually loaned Bubba his plane to make sure that Bubba could get down to see his grand in Tennessee before she passed away. That's right, he did. And Bubba Wallace definitely reached out and he, and he reached out even on Twitter to thank Dale Jr. for that. And it did get a lot of love and retweets on it. So a, a lot of you NASCAR fans out there that know about this story. This guy is just amazing. For a guy like Dale Jr. to reach out and lend Bubba Wallace the opportunity to use his private plane and his pilot to get him back to Knoxville, Tennessee, to be with his grandmother before she passed. How do you even put that into words? Number one shows you what kind of an awesome guy Dale Jr. is and what kind of great unity that the NASCAR family has. From just NASCAR to Xfinity to Truck Series, it doesn't matter. These guys are a, are a family. And uh, this is just another example of that. And I thought it was fantastic when uh, Bubba Wallace actually put, and he did put Granny Jan on the top of his uh, car on the side of his door there during the race. It was a very emotional race for him, especially afterwards, because if anybody keeps track of the Xfinity series, unfortunately, Bubba Wallace did not advance. He practically needed to win that race to move on. He was actually having a, a really good race. He had a very good car. Unfortunately, he got knocked into the 
into the not the sidewall but the inside wall by Blake Cook I think it was around 147 or lap 148 I think it was 148 and this was all in Phoenix and obviously he didn't get to finish the race uh, he was a little, I'm not even going to say a little, Tam. He was very emotional afterwards. He did shed some tears. But that's got to be understandable, Tam, because, I mean, he's dealing with a heavy heart here. His grandmother just passed away. You're trying to win this race. You're trying to keep a cool head. You're trying to stay focused mentally. That's got to be tough, Tam, when you're going through all of that. And then you wreck. You don't get to finish the race. But I thought he handled the entire thing afterwards with just the utmost sportsmanship ever. I mean, he could have went off on Blake Cook, but he didn't. And he kept his cool and he just thanked his team. He thanked the Xfinity and NASCAR's people for allowing him to have this great opportunity. And then he gave a shout out to his grandmother. It was very emotional to him. Yeah, it was. You know, we wish Bubba the best. We wish his family the best. And, you know, that's going to always be my guy. Like, I've pretty much followed his career since he came into NASCAR. So I'm going to always have a sweet spot for that guy. Another guy who we have a sweet spot for is Daniel Suarez. Yes. And Renee, your guy. Well, he's my guy, too. But Daniel's your guy as well. He's doing big things. Yes, he is. It's so funny how... This kid just seems to be doing, uh, and he flies quietly kind of under the radar, but uh, in the NASCAR world, he's making some very big splashes. He did win the uh, Camping World Truck Series race in uh, Phoenix this past weekend as well, and he got a little help from the number nine car, whose engine completely shut down on him, which allowed Daniel Suarez to win that race. These guys are teammates, by the way, and um, Suarez actually, after the race, did say that he really felt bad for William Byron's car breaking down because he did think that Byron's truck was the better truck on the racetrack. But, you know, you take what you get, just as Joey Logano is going to take what he got. Let me tell you something. It is what it is. It is what it is. Well, not only did Daniel win the truck race, Daniel is actually headed to the final four. He advanced in the Xfinity League. He advanced on to the championship four. So he mm -hmm. is actually going to be racing for a championship. <laughs> so, Daniel, we wish you the best of luck. Right. Yes. You, you know I'm rooting for that, guys. I got a feeling that you are, too. But what a great time for NASCAR right now. I mean, from Xfinity to the truck to the, the chase. Boy, this is, this is good times. This is really good times, Tam. Renee, so there's been some news finally about who's going to be NASCAR's next sponsor. We don't have an answer, but what we do know is that Monster Energy Drink is on the table. There's been some talk that they may be replacing Sprint and becoming NASCAR's next title sponsor for the Cup Series. What's interesting is that they sponsor Kurt Busch in the Cup Series. Yes, they do. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. In fact, will he lose his sponsorship? Because I've never seen a Sprint sponsorship on any of the vehicles because, in fact, Sprint is the title sponsor. Right. So the question will remain, can you be the title sponsor and sponsor car? Should be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, you know. and you know what? I think regardless of where the sponsorship goes as far as Monster is concerned, and if Kurt Busch does have to lose that sponsorship, I think it would be a problem with Kurt Busch finding another sponsor <laughs> to take over. But what's interesting, Tam, is that there was an article that was done by Tom Jensen, who is a, a really good beat writer for NASCAR as well. And it almost kind of makes sense for Monster to kind of take over 
because uh, according to Tom Jensen's article, because I, I read the whole thing and he made some really, really, really good points. This is why I like this guy. Number one, he said it almost makes sense because Monster is which is owned by Coca-Cola products to begin with. A lot of these teams are already sponsored by Coca-Cola products in general already. But it seems that the way Tom Jensen put it is that the main reason why it makes sense is because Monster is such a huge sponsorship for a lot of, I guess, the younger crowd of people that they're trying to bring in. Because we've talked about this before, Tam, on previous episodes of our podcast and how NASCAR really needs to try to bring in a younger crowd to the sport. And what a better way to do it than a drink that the younger people can identify with. Monster Drink is it. Actually, also in a lot of the motocross, it's sponsored a lot in the motocross motocross sport itself, sponsored by some of the other guys in the Xfinity races. And a lot of the older drivers that are kind of like on their way out, which let's be honest, they're not going to be around forever, just like Tom Jensen said. A lot of these younger drivers that are coming in and as we're seeing this changing of the guard, it makes sense because it's like, what a better way to have a company and a drink that is identified with the younger generation than to have that sponsored with bringing in a younger generation of audience and a younger generation of fan base. So it really kind of makes sense, Tam. And I agree with Tom Jensen in this whole article of that it would make sense of having Monster just kind of take over for sprint now he did say that there were some other finalists that are also included which uh was i think paypal samsung subway and i think dunkin donuts which all of those are really fine but none of them stands out more than monster energy drink right now and i believe it's going to be monster energy drink Oh my God, I couldn't imagine it being the PayPal cup. First of all, I use PayPal almost every day, but the PayPal cup, I don't think so. And you said, Tom Jensen said, who else were the options? We had uh, yeah, Subway. Was, yeah, Subway, Samsung, and uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I think I'm missing one, but I can't remember which one it was, but those are the main ones that were the finalists. I know I'm missing one, I just can't remember which one yeah, it was. Yeah, none of those one. don't even sound right to me. I mean, I could feasibly see Samsung, but the Dunkin' Donut Cup? Negative. Yeah, the Subway. Yeah, I mean. I could see it being a Subway Cup for sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? Get to celebrate with a nice yummy sandwich. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but Monster Energy sounds about right because they do have a huge presence in what you call it, like alternative sports. Yes, so they to do. Speak. Yeah, so we'll see. As we're changing over this guard from one sponsor to the other, oh, we have to say bye to my man, my main man, ladies love smoke, Tony Stewart. Yeah. You know, Kevin Harvick, we never did give him a new nickname. I'm sorry for the pause, ladies and gentlemen, but I thought, hmm, didn't we say we were going to give this guy a new nickname? Because although, you know, his nickname, Happy is a play on the fact that he's always bitching. Because yeah. I don't know, most people don't know that. They think that Happy Harvick is because he's happy all the time. No, it's because he's bitching all the time. That's why he's called Happy Harvick. But Happy Harvick was doing just that and bitching about the tributes to Tony Stewart. He felt that the tributes weren't good enough. Renee, I don't know. I want to get your opinion and then I'm going to read off a comment from one of our fans. So do you think that what NASCAR and all the tracks 
leading up to Miami have done, do you think is good enough to send off a three-time champ as in, you know, three-time champion Tony Stewart? Well, I mean, I personally didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I was fine with it. I can understand, though, where Harvick's coming from. These guys are, you know, been in this business a long time together. And um, I think maybe he would have liked to have seen, obviously, a little bit more. But I was fine with it. I didn't see any, any problem with it. Now, I'm not a huge Smoke fan, so I didn't really particularly take too much emotion into it. But now, Tim, you're, and we all know that you're a huge Smoke fan. I think the question is really, were you okay with it? Because, I mean, I was fine with it, but were, were you okay? Because considering that you're more of a fan of Smoke than I am, did you think it was enough? There were a couple of tracks that I think could have stepped up. I won't say which ones, but it definitely wasn't the Jeff Gordon send-off. Now, in defense of a lot of these tracks as well as NASCAR, I read someplace that Tony didn't want a bunch of fanfare. Kevin Harvick's thought was is that, so what, they should have did it anyway. That's a tough call to make when you have a guy who doesn't want a bunch of fanfare. But then on the flip side, Tony is not only a three-time champion, as I said earlier, he's also a team owner and he's done a lot for the sport. Now, some will say that he's done a lot for the sport in a negative way as well, but I don't know. One fan actually wrote, and I'll let our listeners ponder this question. One of our listeners on Twitter at replied us and said that he felt maybe NASCAR didn't do a lot for Tony because they feared the scrutiny and the backlash of celebrating a guy who obviously was involved in a few incidents in the last couple of years. You know, personally, I don't know. I want to think maybe that was what it was. But then I'm like, hmm, when has NASCAR ever been one to shy away from anything? I mean, you had the NASCAR CEO endorse Donald Trump when no other CEO of a sporting franchise does those type of things. So I don't know. It's a really interesting call to make. But I do think it should have been just a little bit more for our guy, Tony. (laughs) Just a little bit. And that'll take us to our fan comment of the week, I believe. Yes, it is time for our fan comment of the week. So this week, our comment comes from a driver. And as we've said in the past, drivers can be fans too. This comes from Bad Brad Keselowski. Bad Brad tweeted, not saying we have too long of a season, but I did drive by my house and forgot the alarm code tonight. And he tweeted that yesterday. Renee, do you think the NASCAR season is too long? Not at all. I think it's just fine. I don't think it's long enough because sometimes when you get so wrapped up and involved in, in some of these races, it's, uh, you know, the way I look at it is kind of like how football is. You get a, a game on Thursday, you get a game on Sunday, and then you get a game on Monday. NASCAR, you get a, a race on Saturday or Sunday. Now, if you're a huge Xfinity series uh, a fan, then obviously you uh, get a little bit more out of it. But let's be honest, I love it. And I think it's not long at all. I think it's just fine. And I'm not sure what he meant by that. Maybe was it some kind of underlying message there by saying, hey, uh, you know, this is way too long. Maybe we should cut it uh, the season a little short. Not at all, because if he was still involved in the chase, he wouldn't he wouldn't even said that. I guarantee you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will read a couple of the fans who tweeted back at him. One said, Quote, is there anything about NASCAR you're happy about? Because that would be refreshing. Holy S-H-I-T, fam. 
I mean, I don't know. That one right there kind of summed it up when it comes to Brad, because Brad does have a lot to say. Another person responded and said, at Kozowski, but Brad, you know we love to watch you guys all year. The opinions are mixed. Let's see if I can find another one that kind of... um. Let's see. This person tweeted at Kozowski, if the rigors of making millions to live the dream of thousands are too much, I'm sure at Alex B. Racing, as in Alex Bowman, would be happy to take over. Ouch. Somebody also wrote at Kozowski, find a different job. Let's see. Let's pick one more. Oh boy, <laughs> these these fans. Oh boy, these 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 fans that are responding to that that comment. They're, they're comical. Let's be honest. <laughs> and coming from a comedian standpoint, it's always refreshing when somebody else makes you laugh. You know. <laughs> Well, I think I have two more to read. Somebody <laughs> said at Kozlowski, I'm confused. You drove past your house. Why did you need the alarm code if you didn't stop? <laughs> that one was funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, this one, somebody, they tickled themselves and they said at Kozlowski, Paige gave him a pass-through penalty, LOL, meaning his girlfriend. That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fans do crack me up. One thing we have learned as fans ourselves, but also doing the podcast, is that NASCAR fans are never short of things to talk about. Not at all. So before we move on to some predictions, I'm just going to chime in and say what I think. As a fan, the season is perfect. It is long enough. But as a host of this podcast, All Turns No Breaks, it's grueling. Yes. <laughs> we didn't even start at the beginning of the season. We're 28 episodes and it's taking its toll. I mean, dude, it is grueling every week and we only have to record once a week which is usually on monday or tuesday is supposed to show on wednesdays but these guys it is a whole entire weekend i mean that's actually what brian scott announced his retirement and he's only 28 because he said he wanted to spend more time with his family it's a grueling season well with that being said Renee, it's your favorite time of the show. We're going to talk about some predictions. Here we go. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Predictions, oh. predictions, predictions. Well, here we go. It is Homestead, Miami, the final four. And this is what it comes down to, Tam. i tell you what's funny is I think other than maybe Joey Logano, I didn't even have the other three in there. Let's be honest. At the beginning of the chase, when this whole thing started, I didn't have Jimmy Johnson in the final. I didn't have Kyle Busch in the final. And I certainly didn't have Carl Edwards in the final. I did have Joey Logano in the final. It kind of like, and, and I knew it was going to be one of these Team Penske guys. I knew it was either going to be Logano. I knew it was going to be Koslowski, one of the two, and maybe possibly both. But with that being said, I'm not going with Joey Logano. I am going with Jimmy Johnson. I think Jimmy Johnson is going to win. I think he's going to tie Petty and Dale Earnhardt Sr. I think he's going to tie them. I think he's going to win this race. Now, if you want to just throw out a dark horse that might win this race, I'm going to go out of my way, and I'm going to say that Kyle Busch might win this race as well. But I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. He will become Mr. Seven Time. I'm sticking to my guns on that one. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, here is my history lesson for the week. Oh my God, I'm giving you guys one last history lesson. Yes, yes, please sit down. School will be let out pretty shortly. 
Yeah, school is almost out. And before I give you the history lesson, and since we're talking about school being out, just an FYI, we will do two more shows, one after Homestead and one after Las Vegas NASCAR Champions Week. And then we'll be on hiatus, meaning that we will only do a show once a month and then we'll go back to full schedule in February. So with that being said, and we'll remind you guys next episode, of our schedule and it'll be posted on our website and if you haven't make sure you jump over to our website and check it out again if you want to know anything that's going on in nascar you can stop at the website you don't have to do a lot of research because we've done the research for you all the links from nascar.com foxsports.com usa today motorsports.com ap sports the charlotte observer all those links any nascar story is on our website each week time for some history we only run one race a year in miami and the new format of the chase has just been in place a couple of years so when i read off these results is not indicative of who won the championship is just who won that race obviously the last two winners at miami have been are winners of the chase because the championship the new format has been in place for the championship so without further ado we had in 2011 tony stewart and he also won the championship that year 2012 jeff gordon won at miami 2013 denny hamlin won in miami but we know Denny Hamlin did not win the championship in 2013. 2014, Kevin Harvick won in Miami and won the championship, if I'm not mistaken. In 2015, it was Kyle Busch who also won the championship. Again, 2013 was the year that Brad Keselowski actually won the championship. So that's pretty much how that went. So just some other eye-opener fun facts, if you will, that may be of importance. Oh my goodness. I hope this guy races next year because there's been talk that he may not have a team, but Greg Biffle is actually a three-time winner in Miami, which is my luck. Yes, he is. Three times? Yeah. And your boy, or my boy, or my man, however you want to say it, Smoke is a three-time winner in Miami as well. Carl Edwards and Denny Hamlin are two-time winners in Miami. So there's no real patterns. I mean, obviously, your boy Kyle Busch has won a couple of times in the Xfinity League in Miami. But in regards to cup drivers that are still in the chase, there's no real pattern. So it's almost as if it's up for grabs. So without saying anything else, I'm just going to jump into my predictions. My dark horse is going to be Tony Stewart because it's his last race. And I am going to go with drum roll i think because i'm stalling i don't know i don't know here we go you know what i'm going with carl edwards bump it really it's mr subway mr commercial because he has a bunch of commercials i mean i've seen his commercial this year more than anybody so i'm going with carl edwards to not only win in miami but i'm going for him to win his first championship and tony stewart is my dark horse only because he is racing for the last time. And if I could go with a third pick, I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth only because I've gone with Matt Kenseth the entire year almost to win the race. And he almost won. He was like a half a lap 
left and then some foolishness in short. So yeah, so those are my picks. Renee, who did you pick to actually win the chase to become champion? Jimmy Johnson, right? Yes. So you went with Jimmy to win the race and to become champion? Yes, that is correct. Okay, there you have it, guys. <laughs> wow, this is uh, amazing that we've come all this way, Tam, and we're finally here at the final race and listen guys for all of you fans that are uh, fans of all turns no breaks podcast and all of you that listen in and tune in each and every week we always appreciate you guys giving us the support giving us feedback we really 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 do appreciate that and just so that you know before we sign off here on this uh, particular episode you can also find us on our personal social media uh, you can find me on instagram Twitter and Snapchat at It's Renee Garcia. Please follow me at It's Renee Garcia. And uh, you can follow Tam. Where can they find you, Tam? Renee and all those who are listening, you can find me at I Am Sincerely Tam on Instagram and the Twitter. And I'm on Snap, but I don't really Snap that much. Okay. <laughs> on the Twitter. I like when you do that. Yes, and you guys make sure to give us a shout and check us out on Twitter as well as Instagram. And on our Facebook page, we need more followers on Facebook. So jump over to our Facebook page right now. We are on Facebook at Turns No Breaks. We're on Twitter as well as Instagram at Turns No Breaks. Right. Perfect. And like we say always each and every week, this is a podcast for fans, by fans. All I can say is from the last time that we had spoke, Tam, we do have a new president-elect. And I know these are troubling times for our country right now. And without getting too much into it, like I always like to say at the end of our podcast, because of what we're going through in this country, all I ask is that you be kind to each other, have an open mind, and Let's treat everybody with the kind and respect that we all want to be treated with. And for that, ending on that particular note, for Tam, for myself, and for All Turns No Breaks podcast, thank you for tuning each and every week. And we will be here again after Homestead, after Miami, and we will talk about the entire season as well as whoever the winner will be. Thank you once again for All Turns No Breaks. Tam, myself, we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 